0: This week on The Lion's Den, I'm joined by Ollie Little, a fourth year languages undergrad at Fitzwilliam College, and some might say Cambridge's answer to Joe Wicks. Ollie started the Society Fitz Pump in Michaelmas to support students with their individual goals in fitness and health. He initially ran circuits and strength sessions in the college gym, and has now set up an equipment loan system to allow individuals to train from their own homes during lockdown. Now, Fitz Pump is a major college society at Fitz, boasting not just fitness guides, but also personalised templates on nutrition advice for its 160 members, just a few months on. Lovely, so um, Ollie, just talk me through a little bit about Fits Pump, kind of what it does as an initiative and what was your aim kind of setting it up?
1: Yeah, so it was created back in October 2020. Um, If I'm entirely honest, it was created almost purely for personal reasons. I was sort of prevented from doing university sport um, because of an injury. And I sort of looked and said to myself, okay, there's a pandemic going on. There's a chance that, you know, you won't have that many ways to meet new people or really, you know, get a proper Cambridge experience out of it. What can you do? And I could do, You know fitness type stuff and that really was as how it started really vague fitness type stuff um and i said okay send an email out and um float the idea of a circuit session and see how many people you got i got like six seven people something like that which you know i expected i was like okay you know i thought i'd get three so even six was good um so that was what that was how it started did one circuit session people seemed to like it three three weeks in six had become 40 something like that so again not astronomical um but by this point we were doing circuit sessions for three different levels we were doing strength sessions for you know lower body upper body and fitz gym when fitz gym was open obviously um you know and it was just it was kind of just slowly evolving and then when lockdown hit um i obviously everyone recognizes the importance of exercise in lockdown I suggested to Fitzwilliam College that we take the equipment from the gym, which we are very lucky to have because their equipment is phenomenal. And I have this system where I write people down and what they took out and have a sort of loan system. They're like, we can't do that, but our JMA can potentially fund you to buy lots of equipment just for yourself to rent out to people. By this point, membership was sort of at 60, 70 people, and they were just interested in the workouts. I was like, "Okay, well, how much funding could I get? I'm not gonna throw the number out, but it was a generous amount. And you know, I floated the idea with the rest of college. Literally overnight, 60 or 70 people became 140. Um, and you know, 140 is something like a third of undergrads that fits, a bit more than that. So like a lot. Um and I said, Okay, well, the numbers have since doubled since we last spoke. Can you double the funding? And they were like, Yeah. So I all of a sudden had to go online that night, buy Again, I really don't want to say the number, but lots of equipment <laughs> is stressful, but I had to, you know, I, I had to buy a lot of equipment, rent out in lockdown, that's still going. And since then, even though it's all been on Zoom since November, it's gone from strength to strength, really. We now offer Zoom circuits. Obviously, the strength sessions are on hold. That's the only thing that's on hold. I write personalized templates for people that want them, um, give nutrition advice for people that want it. And yeah the, the equipment loan system um so yeah and it's all free obviously I should say first and foremost I'm not a trainer um which I if I was charging people that would be a problem but it's all free and it, you know it's just people who want a little bit of extra advice or motivation where they can get it
0: yeah no I mean that just sounds incredible and th- that you've kind of done that under your own steam and got the support from college do you think like you say that's a lot of people signing up in the space for a couple of months um do you think people's motivation for doing it is just people want to get a bit more active or you know a little bit fitter um or it's more of just something some sort of social connection during lockdown and it's more of a kind of mental thing
1: yeah I've asked myself this and I think the time that the society started was obviously it was a detriment to the society in some ways i.e what's a chain is that you know circuit strength sessions can't happen in person or in the gym socials can't happen you know you can't really get that community feel but at the same time you're right people when we don't know where to turn obviously a lot of people are all of a sudden turning to exercise and a lot of people turning to exercise for the first time they need a sort of reassuring community and I say reassuring I hope I'm reassuring at least um <laughs> you know they they need a sort of reassuring friendly face to go to to take that first step because i don't know say someone gets to university and i've had a lot of freshers who have joined Um, i think they're probably the most populous year group as it were they go to university and say i want to get into fitness the gym is an objectively scary place to go to for the first time um i had that when i was 14 15 years old and I would have loved, you know, a nice community to sort of show me the ropes, give me a bit more confidence before having to, you know, spend time in the weights section. If weights is what you want to do, that's what I wanted to do personally. Obviously, varies from person to person, but just to be that bit more in the know. Um, and for that reason, and also the reason that, like I say, the mental stresses of lockdown mean a lot of people are resorting to fitness. Yeah, a lot of people have swamped it and we've had a, you know, a new wave sort of every. Two, we've had two lockdowns since the start of term the first wave brought about 70 people the second brought another 50 60 we're up to about 170 members just within college now which is far beyond what I'd imagined when I ran that one circuit session in the park near Fitz
0: so what's your plan for Fitz Pump going forward kind of this term and what do you think um the direction it'll go in potentially when the lockdown lifts
1: so The most immediate priority of mine is to keep zoom circuits interesting the same people who were turning up in week one are still turning up now in week three soon to be week four which i consider a win because i fully expected people to have lost interest by now obviously zoom circuits are not ideal but i've decided to get ridiculously creative with them now um so an example would be, I, I I let participants pick the theme for every Sunday. There's a Thursday and a Sunday session. Every Sunday, there's like a fun theme. Sunday, um, everyone chose James Bond as the theme. So obviously, if you want to come fancy dress, then by all means do. But I also create a workout that's tapered to that. Um, so do you know the game Mafia?
0: Yes, or, a good game. or
1: Great game. Great Some people game. call it werewolves. The workout was sort of based around the game Mafia, where... There were seven workouts for 007, James Bond. Nice. Um, yeah, thank you. In three minutes, you had to get through one workout as many times as you could. I had assigned everyone a James Bond character, whether good or evil, and then a double agent who was trying to kill both good and evil with the goal of achieving university domination. If you completed the workout, you know, X number of times. At the top standard you could met you became the detective for that round and could guess who the double agent was and i either told you or not um and then the double agent could kill and then we went round again and again and again and eventually you know i can't remember how it ended the double agent ended up being guessed by one but he'd killed one of them and guessed by one other who survived and the person who survived won it's very nonsensical and makes no sense whatsoever but it makes people smile and you know they do work out in the process um without sort of without even realizing it so you know that's priority number one is keeping themes interesting next week's theme is jurassic park we've had lord of the rings we've had um mean girls that's brilliant which- I'd I'd never seen Mean Girls and I had to watch Mean Girls specifically for Fitzpump Circuit and obviously those are on Zoom we're starting to get people from Murray Edwards from Trinity Hall so if anyone listening fancies it pop me a message and you're more than welcome to join for Easter obviously the hope is we'll be able to get back to in-person stuff but more of the same my priority I guess thinking forward to Easter is making sure that something's left behind because this is my final year, I'll be gone next year. Fitzpump has become too big a thing to sort of let go, and it would be a shame for me to go and Fitzpump to go with it. So my priority would be to make sure there's a committee set up for next year to make sure it can continue. Again, whether there's a pandemic or not, I think the mental basis it provides for people in a pressure cooker environment like Cambridge is... You know very useful for absolutely anyone and that's priority number two obviously if circuits can get back to in person if we can all get back in the gym that would be brilliant because going back to what we were saying about the dangers of fitness it can be you know fitness can be a very lonely thing to be doing and so to be able to do it in a community is a much better feeling but yeah looking forward to easter term hopefully just I really hope things get back in person, because I don't know, there are a lot of people now who I've met over Zoom, and they know me quite well. And I've never actually met them in person. And it would just be it it would just be nice to finally all come together. And you know, dress up as dinosaurs in person.
0: How do you ensure that kind of people are doing the right thing and fueling their bodies the right way and um, not damaging themselves? Because I know there's a there's a risk when people start, you know, lifting, start exercising more that, they don't really kind of know what they're doing and end up hurting themselves how do you kind of prevent that when you can't mm. be with them
1: it is very difficult over zoom um with the circuit sessions there's very little i can do other than show them the way to do it and say if you have any questions then you know please ask please stop me with what i'm doing and luckily it's a comfortable environment where people do you know if there were I don't know, 100 people who didn't know each other, yeah, wouldn't be so good. But because, you know, I guess that's the benefit of having the FITS community as well, people aren't afraid to speak up. I could be, you know, looking on Zoom at everyone's form the entire time, but you've got to get the balance right between, especially on Zoom circuits when, you know, everyone finds the Zoom element of a Zoom workout quite tedious at the worst of times. Stopping and correcting people, you know unless you're doing something with really heavy load which in zoom circuits you're not i make sure that it's all inclusive can be done by any level you know can be done with no equipment whatsoever there's in me doing a demo of it and saying do you have any questions <laughs> i hope that that's enough
0: how on earth do you manage to do your degree alongside this because you're you're in you're in fourth year you're a finalist and this sounds like you're putting a really superhuman amount of effort into this. Now it's grown. How, how on earth do you balance it?
1: Well, element one is I have a team, which is great. Um, so I've got a vice president, Erin, who is brilliant for the handling of organisations. She runs women's and non-binary circuit sessions um, for people who are a bit intimidated by the you know, so-called toxic masculinity side of fitness, which unfortunately does exist. Yeah, we've got we've also got a treasurer, sybilla who sorts um, funding, finance, and stash, a social sec who I won't lie hasn't had too much to do during the pandemic. I can imagine social media sec. So you know we do manage to distribute the workload a little bit. Element two, because in terms of the training side of things, yeah, it is. I take the brunt of that. Is that I just love it. You know, fitness is a genuine passion of mine, and. To be able to help people connect with it is genuinely a, a pleasure. And to be able to do it, you know, alongside my degree, I guess it's difficult. But, you know, if, if you do what you love, you don't work a day of your life. It's a cringy saying, but like I can do my degree, which to be honest, I don't necessarily love. <laughs> and then when I'm taking a break from work, you know, I can write someone a template or something like that. And I will consider that a break just because one to be able to think about fitness is something that I find a relief from work and two to know that I'm helping someone as well you know even if it's making lockdown slightly better from the pride I take from that is both motivating and enjoyable that I don't even need the motivation if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. um It's important. Yeah, I think it is a cheesy saying, but it's almost like a break's as good as the rest sometimes. And I think in Cambridge that can be true. Um, yeah. So you spoke a little bit kind of about your own passion for fitness and you mentioned you had an injury last year. Um, what kind of led you from um, being a sporty student, someone who's into fitness and going to the gym? to now being president of something like Fitz Pump?
1: Yeah, I it's I, I can go back really quite far. Um, I'll go back to two years ago where I was a million miles off being president of a fitness-based society. I've loved taking care of myself and fitness ever since I was 14, 15. At school, I was always the skinny kid. So I was a rugby player. I played scrum half. I weighed, you know... 60 kilos something like that which you know is really not very much and at uni all of a sudden with a bit more free time on my hands i sort of dedicated myself to putting on a bit of size getting a bit bigger getting a bit stronger um and i started to notice the benefits of that on the rugby pitch which is fantastic um but then well the short version of it is i took it too far and essentially ate myself into uh Broke a uh, ruptured ACL. I got on a rugby pitch at 115 kilos, so like a big difference from 60 or so. And that was after you know that was January 2020. So after two years of literally just trying to gain as much size and strength as possible, and my body just buckled. Um, so you know, I, I stepped I stepped off one leg and I felt a crack. Sorry if you're listening and you're squeamish. I felt a crack in my knee. Um, got the scan. They said, yeah, your ACL has gone. Um, and amongst a lot of other tears as well it was quite complicated i couldn't quite believe it because it didn't really hurt which was bizarre um and they told me okay so that's six months off powerlifting a year off rugby um so that sucked because i'd been dedicating literally my entire life to getting big and getting strong which you know was my own fault in a way you've got to have balance and i didn't um but it meant that, you know, as I sat in that room, the doctor looked at me and said, OK, the thing that is most important to you in your life, you cannot do that for the next six months. Um, which somewhat weirdly was exactly what I needed to be told in at the time, because what it did together with lockdown, actually, um, is it forced me to sort of reconsider the way I was going about my fitness. Um, at that point, it wasn't fitness. Like I was 115 kilos. I'm five foot nine. I'm not very tall, so being that weight, yeah, you know, I, I was t- I was tired going up the stairs, and it forced me to reconsider because you know it shut a door and said to me, "Okay, go back to what you were doing beforehand, which is exercising because you wanted to, not be- not exercising because you felt a duty to do so." Um, so, COVID happened. I couldn't get the knee reconstruction for nine months as a result. So that sucked. So I was living with no knee. No knee is obviously a very simplistic way of putting it, but I was living with no knee for nine months, got it reconstructed in September. So that delayed the whole process. So I still can't play rugby, powerlift properly, et cetera, until summer. That sucks. Um, but when COVID happened and I spent lockdown at a farm in France with zero equipment whatsoever. All of a sudden my situation was literally a complete sort of polar opposite to what i was used to obviously not by choice but not by choice was exactly the sort of kick up the backside i needed and all of a sudden the value i saw in working out and this is the value i maintain now was purely mental i i don't see any other value in working out now other than mental relief obviously feeling good about yourself getting stronger you know because you enjoy it yes those are all reasons but to me that's all a subset for a happier you if that makes sense Um, and in lockdown you know exercise got me through lockdown and what's funny is now I work out every day back when I would say I was addicted to working out I only worked out four times a week uh, four days a week rather and yet back then it was because I felt like I had to whereas now I wake up 8am in the morning 7am in the morning the first thing i want to do is have my head space my mental relief whether it's in the in the form of a weight session a run a fit circuit session whatever you know it is what it is and that's what i'm trying to help people find as well is purely the mental benefits of exercise because we all need it and it's absolutely applicable to anyone and what my journey has told me is that it can come in literally any form it does not matter um and yeah so Hence the sort of multi-dimensional side of FitzPump, you know, the circuits, the strength sessions, the nutrition, etc. It's just to say, okay, a bit of exercise every day genuinely does help.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And sometimes it's just, it can just be as simple for, you know, putting on putting on a nice podcast and going for a brisk walk for half an hour. And if that is where you need to start on your fitness journey to get that space in your own head. I think the the kind of headspace term you use is really interesting.
1: Yeah I weirdly I think if I hadn't done my ACL, none of this would have happened. I think I still would have, you know, felt this duty to, because of what I dedicated to my powerlifting, this duty to keep going. Um so the ACL was a massive blessing in disguise in a way. Um There was a lot going on in my life at the time that sort of meant that I went to France, I was on my year abroad, I went with a completely clean slate. And I think this sort of clean slate thing is a fantastic approach to have with your exercise, because rather than a case of it being, okay, I have to do this, this, this and this. It was more a case of what I can do and what I can get done and everything that I can get done is a bonus. Um, So I guess the sort of, again cheesy i don't know why i'm going down all these cheesy avenues the cheesy way of saying it is, you know every member of fitz pump i guess has their own canvas if that makes sense yeah and you know they can write that themselves and i have to tread carefully because i've got to make sure i'm putting no one under any pressure to do a certain thing you know the only reason i'm here is if someone needs a bit of help you know making that first indent on their canvas um if that makes sense but yeah like we have a lockdown leaderboard system on at Fitzpump, pump and one of the categories is the number of days you work out on and i spoke about this with some of the committee um i was very particular in saying the number of days you worked out on rather than the number of times you worked out because working out once a day 20 minute walk done that's absolutely fine you know working out six times a day you know one is a weight session one's cardio one circuits one's an ergo you know that is not healthy and so all I'm saying is you know some people say if you work out every day then you you know that's a problem like you shouldn't work out every day. There's too much around working out being giving 110% physically. Rather give yourself 110% mentally and let yourself disconnect, you know. And that's what I'm trying to help people do is take that blank canvas, disconnect in a way that they feel comfortable doing and like I say because there's hopefully no pressure. You know, motivation and inspiration is fine. Pressure is very different. You know, it's something that they've led themselves by their own means to be able to do and something that they will be able to keep doing themselves. Like it, You know, it's, it's hopefully something that will take them down an avenue that may not lead them to their next passion, sure. But in terms of lockdown and beyond lockdown will re- make them realize, OK, not necessarily 110% workout every day, but, you know, a little bit every day really, really does help. And anyone who says that a bit of exercise, if you're exercising every day, you've got a problem. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous.
0: No, I completely agree. It's not. I think it's dispelling the narrative that exercising equates to really punishing your body, which is definitely not what it should be about. Like it can just be a 20 minute walk. It can be you log on to a HIIT class and you can only do two press-ups and two burpees, but you still showed up. And I think it's the showing up in lockdown that people have started to realize is more important within exercise than whatever physical strain you put your body under. Would you say that then the real outcomes of Fitz Pump are probably more mental ones than physical ones? Or would you say it's about half and half?
1: I would say almost fully mental. The thing I hate about saying a physical outcome is that it's not really very tangible. I think something like it, well, in the age of social media where, you know, everything you see on Instagram is purely superficial, I hate it. And that is not the type of fitness that I want people to connect with, especially if they're connecting with it for the first time, because it's a misrepresentation of the beauties of the world of fitness. So I would almost say none of it's physical, you know, if, mentally you feel better about yourself because physically you've improved or you see some sort of improvement absolutely fantastic I'm happy for you um but I think physical that helping someone physically look better is a very dangerous game to play especially as me if I was going to help someone do that I would get far too invested and I I just I, I don't know having got having gone down that road in the past it's not a good road to go down um but you know you stare in the mirror and if you look at yourself every day how are you going to notice any change and obviously you can take progress photos and weigh yourself and count calories etc but does that actually sound fun i looked at myself every day in the mirror for two years i gained 40 kilos in that time and i i, I didn't notice a difference and so saying that you know you could help someone look better physically yeah i would love it you know we all want to look good physically do not make that your primary goal because it's a goal you're always going to lose even having gained 40 kilos i still was making myself eat more and more and more to get bigger to get stronger because it wasn't enough and so rather take your exercise compartmentalize it and do it to make yourself feel good about yourself you know not to look a certain way because really yes there's a correlation between the two. But it's to feel a certain way that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter how you get there.
0: No, I completely agree. And um, I've been thinking about a lot recently and it's, it's it's interesting. It's something that I don't always like to point out when I'm having these sorts of conversations. But me being a young woman and you being a young man and the conversations around that we both felt around body image and exercise and weight, and it does affect both young women and both young men massively. Um, and in a way, I like that you kind of focus on that mental and kind of inner aspect with Fitzpump because um, I find particularly with a lot of stuff I've seen on social media talking about, you know, quote unquote, body positivity. It's still, it's still at the end of the day, a focus on the aesthetic. Um, and I came across the term body neutrality where actually at the end of the day, it's still it's still just a physical vessel. It's not your mind. It's not how you it's not how you feel within yourself. And I think starting to do exercise and get fresh air and work out and try new kind of regimes is far more about how you are inside, how you are in your own head than whatever you happen to look like physically um
1: I've heard the term body neutrality before I was speaking to to it uh to someone about it the other day the context I was speaking to them about it was we were both talking about our physical aspirations you know I intrinsically am a vain person this other person was as well so I guess body neutrality is maybe quite difficult to achieve for people like that But to be able to get to a place where you look in a mirror and say, okay, you know, I'm feeling good about what I'm doing and not look at the size of you or whatever and say, this could get a lot better. Because in the age of social media, the pictures you see, you will always, especially if you're a vain introspective person, which unfortunately I do have those tendencies. I will look at what I'm seeing on social media, look at myself and think, okay, how can I aspire to achieve that? And so that's the problem. Is is body neutrality is a brilliant term. No one sees it, no one hears it. Um, Body positivity, it's progress. But you know, I was also saying to this person, it's progress that people on social media are now, you know, in the fitness industry are now saying, okay, I had these mental struggles. That is progress. But what's not progress is saying I had them. You rarely see people saying, okay, I'm having a shit time right now. You rather see people you know the example he gave was tyson fury who don't get me wrong i find his getting himself out of depression inspiring and it should be but at the same time you know the idea of saying okay i got out of this pit for people who are in that pit currently scrolling through seeing okay this person got out where i can't yeah and chasing those sorts of you know standards whether it be the body positive wave on social media, the, I don't know, look better wave on social media. I actually think the, you know, run 5K, donate five, et cetera also wasn't necessarily the most positive thing mentally because it put pressure on people to run 5K. You know, some people might think, okay, I don't wanna run 5K. Like there are, you know, there's no standard that everyone should be striving to achieve. It's more just an acceptance of your own standards. and. You know, leaving it be rather yeah. than uh, striving towards something else.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a. I think it is an important conversation to have. And it's one that I think needs to be continually reopened and re-examined and re-explored because we're definitely not there yet. Um, the, the Tyson Fury one's an interesting one. You know, whatever people say about him in other aspects, rightly or wrongly, I think it can be harmful to put particularly famous athletes who have had personal struggles on a pedestal and compare yourself. I was talking to someone um, a couple of days ago about Lance Armstrong and how he was, you know, hailed a certain way and it all unraveled and kind of his life came tumbling down and I think it does serve a lesson that actually we just need to really look after ourselves and not worry so much about what other people are doing on social media what this person is doing um you know what's that how many likes they got on their amazing body transformation photo because at the end of the day you you've the only thing you've got really is yourself and you just need to focus on making yourself feel as good as possible I think.
1: And I think one of the biggest dangers is investing too much in one thing yeah um you know I guess Lance Lance Armstrong or any sports figure who retires you know I, I don't know the stats but depression statistics for people who have had their day in the limelight and then they stop and don't know what to do with their life you know because they've spent so much time in exercise in the exercise realm are shockingly high or not shockingly. I suppose it's not a surprise, but if you take my example with my ACL, luckily, thank the Lord for me, it happened probably about two months after the worst possible time for it to happen. Because if it had happened two months earlier, I was knee deep in this exercise world where I literally woke up, went to work. I had an internship at the time, Uh, went home, ate, trained, ate, slept. And that was my routine. And if you get told, and in this case, it was my knee telling me you can't do that. If you get told that you can't do it, and you take that out of the equation, then, you know, what do you do? And if that had happened to me in November 2019, I do not know what I would have done. Because I had this one thing in my life that I was chasing, no matter what, I was sacrificing friendships, I was sacrificing my relationship, I was sacrificing my happiness and if that had been taken away from me i would have spiraled and you know i it's something called bigorexia which is you know maybe not quite as widely used the term as anorexia but literally the isolating of yourself to get as big as possible by eating and training that is what i had yeah and i saw a therapist and he told me to watch a netflix documentary called the mind explained which a very good documentary by the way um there was a section on anxiety and the first lesson that it told um that it told me was there was a survey and it found the most the most um and it found that the most effective remedies plural to depression or anxiety or even just ways to make yourself feel better are a combination of xxxx you know i think it was One, exercise, two, therapy, three, company of friends, four, medication, etc. You know, it's a very multifaceted support system that you have with yourself. And you cannot look at exercise and go, this is the one thing that I'm going to have to support me. And unfortunately, going back to social media, sometimes it's, you know, social media does do that because you see people exercising, looking brilliant and think, "Okay, well, they look happy. If I do that, and you know, this is exactly the thought process I had, if I do that, I'll be as happy as them, or if I look like that, I'll be as happy as them or if I lift. X amount of weight, I'll be as happy as them when the reality of it is it's not true. You obviously don't see what's going on behind the camera and behind the editing of lighting and behind the doing a 1000 push ups before taking the photo to make your shoulders pop, but also investing that much into this one thing like I say if it gets taken away then you know there's really nothing you can do and so rather keeping a lot of different like I say support mechanisms up uh, which is what I'm doing now obviously exercise is one of them and god forbid that gets taken away from me but you know got friends got puppy which is not always, not, a for, plus. not always a plus not necessarily something everyone has access to but you know there are a lot of different ways to do it um, and exercise is not be all and end all is the wrong phrase but it's not this cure-all it's a supplement which is what I said earlier to helping you to be a wholer happier you and for some people they don't need it um I believe that it can help everyone and like I say it's it's just a supplement and you've got to be able to compartmentalize it and put it in a in a particular you know, part of your day, like you say, have a, have a routine, have it as one or two hours in in your day or 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever's best for you. But once that's done, put it to one side, you know, move on It's contributed. You feel better about yourself. Do not spend as I did your whole day thinking, okay, got to eat now. Got to you know, 10 PM I'm out, you know, with my mates. Oh God, I've got to go home. Or I don't know, even if you're out with your mates, Oh God, I've got to go back and work out. Like, don't think like that. Yeah. You know, have it as your compartment. It, it is important. Yes, it is not something you should be giving yourself up entirely to.
0: Thank you for listening to The Lion's Den. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the Bluebird on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with the world of Cambridge sport.